Hello and welcome to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Adelina Chobano, and in this week's episode, we speak to Emily Goligoski, Research Director for the Membership Puzzle Project, about what different membership models for news have in common, what readers expect from the organizations they choose to support financially, and tips for publications looking to launch membership. The Membership Puzzle Project, founded by NYU Studio 20 program and Dutch news organization The Correspondent, is a year-long public research project running until May 2018, looking at what makes membership models in news work, as well as at what publishers can learn about membership from other public groups and institutions. The project defines membership as a social contract between journalists and readers, where members not only support but also actively contribute knowledge or other services to a publication's mission. Membership differs from subscriptions, which have a more transactional nature, for example, paying an established amount for digital access to a publication, and it is also different from donations, where financial support is offered without necessarily expecting anything in return. Membership we think of in regards to sort of the the richest or the thickest demonstration of what it looks like for a publication to be in close touch with its audience. That can look like finding multiple means of participation on your readers, listeners, and viewers' behalf. So sometimes that's people who volunteer at events. Sometimes that's people who comment or serve as technical proofreaders or video editors. Anyone who is really involved in a highly meaningful way to benefit the operation and its journalists. And we're especially excited of trying to foster pay and participation as a really viable form of membership. What we have seen are quite a few organizations who have kind of a hybrid model where it will be membership plus donation. And that's worked really well for them, especially because members of news sites often tell us that they would give more than the organization even asks for once it's demonstrated its value to them. So that idea of not just paying, you know, your 60 euros annually for day correspondent, but actually being able to give above and beyond that is of interest to some readers. The project team has spent the last six months researching membership at more than 100 news organizations globally, and they have distinguished between thicker and thinner models depending on the level of participation from the audience. However, robust membership strategies where community involvement is at the core have some elements in common in terms of expectations from their members, regardless of the publisher's location or pricing strategy. Emily explains what they are. The first is a sense of shared duty that members tell us, you know, I believe that I have something unique that I can contribute. Maybe it's money or maybe it's more than that. And in return, I expect to see the publication that I support really offer something that is unique in the world that I can't get elsewhere online. The second thing that members tell us is they really want to be able to sort of see behind the scenes. The idea of having transparency into process, into an organization's finances and the reporters behind the work is, is fantastically important. We are hearing members tell us quite a bit that they want more opportunities for high quality interactions, not just between themselves and the site, but between themselves and other members. And it's not necessarily that those people need to be like minded members who agree with them on all fronts. If anything, they want to have their impressions widened or their inputs broadened. And so we hear a lot about this idea of thought exchanges as a really key opportunity to deliver for members. 
Another thing that we are hearing from members is the importance of personalized participation. So really wanting more and different ways to participate. One member of City Bureau in Chicago told us, play to my strengths. And I really think that is a fascinating idea. So not just making the same offer for involvement to everyone, but really finding unique ways to work with members of your community who have specialized expertise or knowledge or time to bring to the table. When they choose to support an organization, Readers are less interested in the VIP experience aspect of membership. On the contrary, they are keen to help in a way that can enable the publication to make the reporting more widely available to others, whether that's by giving more money, contributing art or video skills, or helping with web development. Taking this into account, I asked Emily for three main considerations an organization should pay attention to before restructuring or launching their membership strategy. I think that listening would be my number one thing. And that can really take the form of co-designing membership actually with the people who it intends to serve. You could go above and beyond traditional research into what audiences need to actually be in partnership with them to design a program that really works for both sides and in which both sides feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. And really creating a culture around listening so that it's not just individuals in the marketing department or in in the fundraising and and major gifts group who are listening to what supporters care about, but everyone, including newsroom staff, I think is crucially important. The other two things that I would say, Madalena, the first is pricing strategy. So really rigorously designing what your offering will cost, even if that cost is pay what you can and $1 or one euro make someone a member, not just sort of copying the amount that they see Spotify or Netflix or their local public radio station charge, but really going to supporters and saying, what would this be worth to you? And then in the subsequent years of their membership program, going back and saying, is this amount still right? Is what we're asking still appropriate? Why or why not? The third thing that I think is really important is to have an organizational attitude of humility. And I saw this when I was interviewing day correspondent members and their international editor, Micah, had walked into the room and shook the hand of one of the members and said, thank you so much. You're helping to pay my salary. And it really felt like this idea of being in close communication in which we could learn quite a bit from one another and two-way knowledge exchange really set the table for sort of a different kind of exchange than news has traditionally undertaken with its audience. I have also been similarly impressed by organizations who tried to design a social contract and figured out that something wasn't working. And so were humble in going to their supporters and saying, you know what, we think based on what we've heard from you and and our conversations with you, that there's a better way that we might undertake this together. And so being willing to say, you know, we didn't quite get it right the first time. We hope you'll forgive us and stay with us. Um, And here is our commitment to you. I think that that attitude from leadership on down really reflects greatly on organizations in this space. The Membership Puzzle Project has also done some analogous research, looking at the approach to membership in other organizations and public institutions outside of journalism that could be valuable to news outlets. So far, they have observed gaming communities, learning groups and co-working spaces among others, and they have found some concepts that could be relevant for memberships in news, such as the idea of team tryouts and personalized contracts. 
Ruth Chupe, who's one of our researchers, found this from talking to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. The idea that membership courtship is something that really should be treated very seriously and thinking about not making an ask too early, but if anything, letting potential supporters really get to know the organization, offering something to them. So in regards to their museum, they have something called Staff Secret, where members of the public can ask questions about how exhibits are conceived and curated. If anything, that idea of kind of pulling back the curtain and helping people feel like they're insiders and that they have inside information. A couple of other things that have come from the analogous research is the importance of fostering belonging, which can look very different based on the organization and its value proposition. But the the idea that creating a space where people feel welcome, where they feel safe and where they feel like their opinions are really valued is much more important than a sense of VIP treatment or a lot of perks. And this is something we've also heard from members of news sites where they'll say the merchandise with your logo that you might give me, I'll take it home and I'll appreciate it. But actually, I'd rather have you put the money into the reporting and the publication of the work. Finally, something that your listeners may be interested in in regards to the analogous work is the idea of really offering flexibility for members. And so this doesn't just mean, you know, putting a gym membership on pause, but if anything, really understanding what your members' goals are and then potentially making, say, evergreen work available to them that helps them in pursuit of a subject matter that they are trying to become smart on. So we have a lot more work to do in regards to the analogous work. Some of the spaces that we want to understand coming up include lobbying groups, recovery communities, alternative currencies, service clubs, and the like. And we're really excited about the idea that there's a lot that new sites might be able to learn from these other organizations that have been thinking about membership for years. And my sincere hope is that the research that we publish and the tools that we make available at membershippuzzle.org also are then helpful to people who are you know, raising funds for their own organization well outside of news. The user research materials used by the team to interview members, as well as their open source database of membership models in use, are available on the Membership Puzzle Project website. Going forward, the team is looking to expand the database and they're also keen to hear from news organizations about what other aspects of membership they want to find out more about that the project can help investigate, such as pricing strategy or how to retain members. News sites themselves, some of the things that they tell us they really want to see in regards to being able to make their membership programs flourish include a cohesive experience. So the idea that any of my membership language sound as high quality and really be as well investigated as the news that they're publishing or broadcasting. So sort of the idea that there is alignment between the quality of the journalism and the quality of any of the membership communications in terms of of production value, revenue sustainability, as we had talked about a little bit, a sense of professional community. So knowing who are the exemplars, which news sites should I be looking at and who should I be really fascinated with who's doing unique and innovative work in the space. Systems and technology, this is a major one that we hear. And it's not just a case of, you know, give people a access to Salesforce or another CRM tool and they'll suddenly be able to tap their audience's interests. 
if anything, it's the need for training and cohesive tools that are used across the organization to really understand where a member is at in their tenure with your organization and how to better deliver on their needs. And then just two last things, leader support. So we see this with leaders like Roman Mars at Radiotopia, people who really make it their job to speak with and be in close dialogue with their supporters. And then finally, internal culture change and alignment around incentives so that newsroom staff have reasons to care about audience members' needs as much as other colleagues within the organization. That's sort of a high-level look at some of the things that publishers tell us they are seeking, and we're eager to develop tools to help them meet those needs. That's it for this week, but if you are a member of one or more news organizations, tweet us at Journalism News and let us know why you decided to support their work and what is the most valuable thing about your relationship with them. Thanks for listening to this journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you.